BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hit play and feel the real with Bose QuietComfort Ultra Earbuds. Breakthrough immersive audio makes all your music feel more natural than ever by taking it out of your head and placing it just in front of you. Like listening without wearing earbuds at all. And the high-fidelity audio and world-class noise cancellation are tailored to your ears only. So everything's personalized and hits just as it should. Bose QuietComfort Ultra Earbuds. Dive in deeper at Bose.com forward slash iHeart. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Dive into true crime on Pluto TV. Unravel the mysteries on Forensic Files. And investigate crimes with 48 Hours and Dateline 24-7. With thousands of free crime movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is the true home of crime. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming true crime on live channels and on demand. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. It's never too early to prepare your e-commerce business for the holiday rush. Whether you're shipping from your house or a warehouse, you'll want ShipStation when the orders roll in. ShipStation lets you automate shipping tasks and manage orders from one dashboard. And with enterprise solutions and discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, it scales when you do. Set your business up for holiday success with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com leaders today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com leaders. If you've always dreamed of exploring the world, Road Scholar welcomes you. Road Scholar offers educational travel adventures for adults 50-plus in more than 100 countries and throughout the United States. When you travel with Road Scholar, you'll be an active learner, not a passive tourist. Every day is thoughtfully planned to open your eyes to new discoveries, ideas, and people. You'll learn from local experts and meet others who share your passions. Find your next adventure at roadscholar.org iHeart. Before we begin, please note, 
This series includes talk of suicide and sexual violence. Please take care while listening. So I had to be at a friend's house in Annapolis at six and it was three and I'm like, I got time and I have an address. So I'm going to go to his house and that I could say hello. Douglas's house. Douglas's house, right. Kim has never forgotten about Doug, the married state trooper who was in a relationship with Sandy before her death. In fact, she has amassed an impressive file on him. She's paid for background checks on his name, studied his wife's Facebook page, researched the properties the couple own, She even went to the trouble of requesting Doug's training records from the state police. And she's done all this because of her suspicion that Doug knows why Sandy was in the pole yard that night. She thinks he might have been with her. Because in the months before Sandy's death, they had an intimate relationship. One that led, according to Sandy's writings, to a pregnancy and an abortion. And on the night of her death, Sandy was dressed up like she was meeting someone for a date. The medical examiner found, quote, numerous well-preserved spermatozoa inside her body. And the location of Sandy's death, the pole yard, it was a local cop hangout a mile from where Doug worked. In the car with Sandy was a letter for him. As much as Kim has wanted answers from Doug, She has always been too afraid to reach out to him directly, worried about how he might react to her meddling. But on her last trip to Maryland, she decided to pay him a visit. So I'm driving down this little cul-de-sac and I'm thinking, you know, nothing. I'm not nervous or anything. And so I keep going and there's this little dinky road because I see a house out in the woods. So I've already gone down this wooded path I'm driving down this road, and my brain must have registered the sign that said video surveillance. Stapled to a tree trunk was a sign that warned visitors they were being recorded. And then all of a sudden I see his house. I trust my instincts. And I I just hit my brakes. Now, because now I'm like, I'm going deeper into the woods, and it's getting a little creepier. Yeah. And um, so... I stop and I start thinking, okay, I'm getting, I'm like taking a little bit too much risk. I'm going to back out. So I back out and leave and my heart's like racing. Kim left without making contact with Doug. Her courage had only taken her so far. What Kim didn't know at the time was that Doug had recently had another unexpected visitor. Just a few days earlier, a Prince George's County police detective showed up on Doug's doorstep asking questions about Sandy. From iHeartRadio, I'm Melissa Jeltsin, and this is What Happened to Sandy Beal, an iHeart original podcast. Chapter 7, The Unraveling. I'll come back to Doug later. But first, I want to explain why Kim was in Maryland to begin with. She had been invited to meet with a cold case detective, Bernie Nelson, at the Prince George's County Police Headquarters in Forestville. Kim had never met Bernie before, but she'd known of him since 2006, 
He's the one who answered her call when she first tried to get the police report. And he's also the one, in 2019, who actually tracked it down, going to Detective Shashelsky's house to physically retrieve it. I mean, I've heard this man's name since 2006, and it's 2021. So that was kind of exciting that I was going to finally meet him. He could have just blown me off, but he didn't. And so, on a brisk morning in October, Bernie and Kim finally met in person, wearing masks due to the coronavirus pandemic. Kim wasn't permitted to record their conversation, but she invited her sister along, and she took diligent notes. I've used these contemporaneous notes, interviews with Kim, and written responses from PG County to create this account of the meeting. So this is 11 o'clock on Monday morning, and he he asks... So how did all this podcast stuff happen? And uh, so he was very interested and um, I encouraged him. I'm like, I really think it's in your best interest to allow them to interview you because he's he's stating, he goes, well, we don't think that we should have to do it because we've done our due diligence. We've done everything that we can and the powers to be believe there's nothing else that we can do. And I'm like, what? How could... How can you say you've done everything? I've got all these questions and we've had questions for years. Kim was excited, but nervous. A previous meeting with the state police years ago had left Kim feeling intimidated. She brought with her a list of questions for Bernie so that she wouldn't forget what she wanted to say. And this guy was calm and and was wanting to educate me on his part on how they saw it. Bernie told her that the department had 1,300 cold cases and very few staff to work them all. But he had taken the time to get familiar with Sandy's case. He knew, for instance, about the ride-along notations in Sandy's calendar, the names and numbers of local police officers in her address books. Kim told Bernie what she thought, that a number of cops had taken advantage of Sandy pursuing inappropriate sexual relationships with the teen. And to her surprise, he didn't dispute it. He agreed that at the time, 77, the climate was not there for females to be police officers, and they didn't want her. They did not want females to be there. He agreed that all these officers were inappropriate, none of their behaviors was becoming, and today they would have all been terminated, or at least they should have been in his opinion. And Nelson's going, I don't condone any of their behavior. He was disgusted as we were talking. And I just was floored that he was being so accountable. Bernie told Kim that he understood why the Beale family was so suspicious of PG County Police, given the circumstances. And he came across as sincere to Kim. And he's like, I understand why you guys doubt everything. He also credited Kim with the amount of stuff she'd been able to dig up on her own, acknowledging her fierce commitment to the case. He said, you've done your homework. He said, you did a good job with this. And he's like, that's another reason that I wanted to follow through because I knew you're not going to let me go here. While Bernie was telling Kim all of this, there was another cop in the room, Detective McDonald. He remained fairly quiet throughout the meeting. Kim didn't even know why he was there, until he started telling her about his recent visit to Doug's house. Just days earlier, 
Detective McDonald had surprised the retired state trooper at his home and questioned him about his involvement with Sandy. I was able to confirm with PG County Police that this visit took place. So um, McDonald called him outside the house and he said, we, I questioned him for an hour and a half. An hour and a half? That's a long time to visit with somebody. According to McDonald, Doug admitted that he'd had a relationship with Sandy, but he downplayed its significance. He said he did not know she was pregnant. He did not know she had an abortion. He didn't pay for any, any abortion. Doug confirmed that the pole yard, where Sandy was found dead, was a local hangout for state troopers and a place Sandy had gone before. The Beals, including Kim, had suspected this for years. He told McDonald that Pepco Utility Yard was the common spot for Maryland State Police that gathered, and it was called the 88. Don't know what that means, but the spot was called the 88. He said girls, including Sandy, would come and socialize with the cops. He said it was kind of like a groupie thing, like they followed a band, and that the cops would just gather there. But that was the extent of the information Doug would share about Sandy. He denied being in the pole yard the night of Sandy's death or having anything to do with it. He said he had not been in the pole yard that evening. He said, I didn't know that she was dead until my supervisor brought me in a few days later. He said, my supervisor reported to me and then I was questioned. The Maryland State Police did interview him, made him do a polygraph. Doug stated that after Sandy's death, his employer, the Maryland State Police, opened an internal investigation on his relationship with the teen. He said he was polygraphed to determine if his actions violated the agency's code of conduct. So Doug was questioned back then, but not by Prince George's County Police, who were investigating Sandy's unnatural death. Rather, he had to answer to his employer, who probably learned of the improper relationship from Detective Shashelsky. All of this, it happened behind the Beals' back. Joanne, Sandy's mom, was never informed about this investigation, despite the fact that she called the state police looking for Doug and expressed her concerns about the relationship. I want to know what else they learned from him, and I'm sure it's stuff they didn't want me to know because it was going to hurt my feelings. In Kim's eyes, Doug had always existed in this protected bubble, untouchable, living above the law. Now, learning that he hadn't completely evaded scrutiny, that he was compelled to explain his relationship with Sandy on his front lawn, no less, it left her feeling elated. To be clear, Kim didn't believe that Doug told the whole truth, and she had so many more questions for him but it felt like a small victory that he had acknowledged and confirmed his relationship with Sandy. Because this was something I'd tried to get him to do, to no avail. Doug never responded to my many letters and emails, even though I have an email tracker and I could tell that someone had read my messages often many times soon after I sent them. But Doug wasn't able to ignore a detective on his doorstep. And so four decades after Sandy's death, he was forced to remember her. There's no sign of identity theft slowing down. And why should it? More than $29 billion were stolen from identity theft victims last year alone. To cyber criminals, it's a success story. To the rest of us, it's a wake-up call. 
Your personal info is in more places now than ever, and all that exposure can make it dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock makes it easy to help protect yourself by monitoring your identity and alerting you to threats you could miss on your own. And if you do become a victim of identity theft, a U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will be dedicated to your case and will work to fix it. Don't wait to get LifeLock identity theft protection. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save 25% your first year. LifeLock. Identity theft protection starts here. A brand new historical true crime podcast. The year is 1800. City Hall, New York. The first murder trial in the American judicial system. A man stands trial for the charge of murder. Even with defense lawyers Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr on the case, this is probably the most famous trial you've never heard of. When you lay suffering a sudden, violent, brutal death, I hope you'll think of me. Starring Allison Williams. I don't need anything simplified, Mr. Hamilton. Thank you. With Tony Goldwyn as Alexander Hamilton. Don't be so sad, Catherine. It doesn't suit you. Written and created by me, Allison Flock. What are you doing? Let go of me! Listen to Erased, the murder of Elma Sands. She was a sweet, happy, virtuous girl. Until she met that man right there. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. When Tracy Raquel Burns was two years old, her baby brother died. I was told that Matthew died in an accident, and no one really talked about it. Her parents told police she had killed him. Medical records said that I killed my baby brother. I'm Nancy Glass. Join me for Burden of Guilt, the new podcast that tells the true and incredible story of a toddler who was framed for murder and how she grew into an adult determined to get justice and protect her family. While we had prosecuted some cold cases, this was the coldest. This was frigid. But how does a two-year-old get blamed for murder? She said... We wanted a new life. You just don't know what it's like when you'll do anything for somebody. Listen to Burden of Guilt on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. CuriosityStream is the streaming service for people who want to know more. And now check out Curiosity's new series, The Real Wild West. Rolling Stone magazine says it's the history of the West they usually don't teach you. The mythology of the West left out a lot of the people. People said they'd never seen a black cowboy. This is the history book, but did you know about these other facts? Watch The Real Wild West now on Curiosity Stream. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. Head into Safeway for great deals throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Tri-Tip Roast or 16 to 20-count bags of Waterfront Bistro Extra Jumbo Raw Shrimp for $3.97 per pound with digital coupon limit two packages. Plus, get two-pound packages of large strawberries for the member price of $4.99 each. Also this week at Safeway, get Signature Farms 90% Lean Ground Beef or 16-ounce packages of Genio Ground Turkey Varieties. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for more deals. 
The cold case detectives never explained to Kim why they visited Doug. And I can't say for sure because Prince George's County Police declined to make anyone available for an interview. But my instinct is not that they suspected Doug of murder, but that they wanted to show the Beals that they'd done something. Because despite the recent visit to Doug's house, the PG County Police Department was still convinced that Sandy died by suicide. He stated that they believed that there was no foul play, that no further investigation needed to be done, and they didn't need to investigate anything further because they felt there was nothing criminal in nature. Bernie told her that based on the forensic evidence at the scene of Sandy's death, it was indisputable that she died by suicide. But Kim had seen all the same evidence as Bernie and had come to a dramatically different conclusion. And, and we're going back and forth arguing. And he's like, no. And so I pull out all my notes and I put them out there. For years, Kim had been compiling what she believed were the most compelling pieces of evidence that cast doubt on the theory of suicide. Now Kim went over each point one by one. There was the gun discovered without any fingerprints. There was the cardboard found under Sandy's tires, which indicated to Kim that Sandy was trying to leave. There was the fact that Sandy's body was discovered so close to her boyfriend's place of work. And yet, he was not interviewed by Prince George's County Police as part of the death investigation. There was the sperm inside Sandy, sperm which could now be tested for DNA and could potentially solve the question of who was last with Sandy. But most importantly, there was the strange location of the gunshot wound. Why would Sandy, who was left-handed, reach across her body to shoot herself in the right side? So we get into the trajectory part, and I told him that I didn't understand how one could shoot themselves in the manner that you're saying, and if she had, in fact, committed suicide. And he goes, she was st- she was." St- shot in the stomach. I'm like, no. Ever since I met Kim, she has described the bullet as having penetrated Sandy's right side and exited through the left side of her back. Kim is not wrong, but when you look at the evidence a little more closely, a more nuanced picture emerges. According to the autopsy report, the entrance wound was in Sandy's abdomen, less than three inches to the right of her midline, not in her flank, as Kim had described it. It's a slight difference, but an important distinction when it comes to visualizing how someone would inflict such an injury. To be told that she was mistaken about the location of the entrance wound, even by a small distance, was genuinely confusing for Kim. And she and I said, but she couldn't have possibly she couldn't she was couldn't be contortionist and do this. And he's like, Kim, she took the gun, she braced it on the steering wheel. And she used her thumbs and she, she put it to her stomach because it was a direct shot to the stomach. It went through right here and it came right out the back behind her, her back. The trajectory of the bullet had never been explained to Kim in this way. Instead of traveling from right to left, Bernie showed Kim that the path of the bullet really moved from front to back. There was a deviation of about five inches but that could be accounted for by the angle of Sandy's body or the angle of the gun or a combination of the two. And he says, um, but there was gunpowder on the steering wheel. And I'm like, what? 
And it was kind of like this thing came at me where all of a sudden things were becoming clear. And I'm like, what do you mean there was gunpowder on the steering wheel? And he goes, yes, there was spray of gunpowder on your hands, the gun on the, on the steering wheel and forward. And I'm like, oh God. Kim had never heard about gunpowder being on the steering wheel of Sandy's car. The detail wasn't in the police report and no one had ever mentioned it to her before. But now she imagined it. What he said was that's how it got her in her hands, that everything goes backwards, that this, the gunpowder sprays back. That's what they said. And I don't know anything about it, but as he's telling me this, my whole body's going, oh God, this is, you know, it was the first time I was able to see that it's a possibility. And I just was like, I, I started crying and I, we only had masks on, so all I could see was his eyes, and his eyes were watering up, too. At that moment, Kim's certainty in the facts that she had been repeating for so many years started to break apart. It was a disorienting and destabilizing feeling. She was able to glimpse an alternative version of events for Sandy's death. That made just as much sense as the one she had believed for so long. After Kim and her sister left the meeting, they drove immediately to the pole yard where Sandy had died. They sat in the car, their heads buzzing with the information they'd just received. And it was here that Kim's sister began talking. We went straight from there to Pepco Utility Yard to just kind of like debrief and and chill and look. Um, and she just got very sad. She's like, I wish that I just knew. I wish that I could have just told her that this too shall pass and this doesn't have to be. But I know exactly what she was going through if she was sitting in that car by herself. Kim's sister confided that she had been in Sandy's position before. She too had thoughts of suicide a number of times during her life. Kim later described this moment to me as one of the most vulnerable she'd ever shared with her sister. Kim listened to her sister talk while looking out at the pole yard. She'd visited the location nearly a dozen times as part of her investigation into Sandy's death, and she'd pictured all the ways Sandy could have died at the hands of another. Now she saw the scene through her sister's eyes. Just like him, I can tell you that the, the desire to commit suicide is really hard and um, it's not a pleasant place to be. And I know exactly what she was tormented with at that moment. A brand new historical true crime podcast. The year is 1800. City Hall, New York. The first murder trial in the American judicial system. A man stands trial for the charge of murder. Even with defense lawyers Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr on the case, this is probably the most famous trial you've never heard of. When you lay suffering a sudden, violent, brutal death, I hope you'll think of me. Starring Allison Williams. I don't need anything simplified, Mr. Hamilton. Thank you. With Tony Goldwyn as Alexander Hamilton. Don't be so sad, Catherine. It doesn't suit you. Written and created by me, Allison Flock. What are you doing? Let go of me! Listen to what? Erased, the murder of Elma Sands. She was a sweet, happy, virtuous girl. No! Help! 
until she met that man right there. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. When Tracy Raquel Burns was two years old, her baby brother died. I was told that Matthew died in an accident, and no one really talked about it. Her parents told police she had killed him. Medical records said that I killed my baby brother. I'm Nancy Glass. Join me for Burden of Guilt, the new podcast that tells the true and incredible story of a toddler who was framed for murder and how she grew into an adult determined to get justice and protect her family. While we had prosecuted some cold cases, this was the coldest. This was frigid. But how does a two-year-old get blamed for murder? She said, we wanted a new life. You just don't know what it's like when you'll do anything for somebody. Listen to Burden of Guilt on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Christmas... What if gift-giving looked different? What if your gifts could make a life-changing, long-lasting, joyful impact on your loved ones and for others? With World Vision, your generosity can make a big impact and grow God's kingdom here on earth. Gifts found in our gift catalog will empower children and families out of poverty for good. Discover how you can help change lives this Christmas at worldvision.org forward slash gifts that grow. Delavie Sciences brings you skincare that's backed by science. Ionia age-defying skincare contains their patented ingredient that boosts hyaluronic acid and activates repair enzymes to diminish fine lines and wrinkles, improve skin elasticity, and even out your skin tone. It's clinically tested, scientifically proven, and dermatologist approved. Visit DelavieSciences.com. That's D-E-L-A-V-I-E Sciences.com. Promo code OFFER20 for a 20% discount. DelavieSciences.com. Promo code OFFER20 for 20% off. Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for people who want to know more. And now check out Curiosity's new series, Queens of Ancient Egypt. When pharaohs held the throne, their wives held the power. We see her taking precedence over the pharaoh, an absolute mastermind. All hail the queens. This is unprecedented. Watch Queens of Ancient Egypt now on Curiosity Stream. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. I was in Spain on vacation when all of this was happening, and my phone lit up with a text from Kim. She had gone right from the pole yard to the airport, and as she waited for her flight back to Texas, she gulped down a glass of wine, and she texted me this line, quote, I think she committed suicide. When I read this, I was stunned. I had told Kim a lot of information over the last few months that complicated the story she believed about Sandy's death. She took it all in stride, but her confidence in her stance remained strong. Now she had completely reversed her position, abandoning a belief that had driven her for so long. This belief, it was a part of Kim. It dictated how she spent her free time. It reached into her professional life and informed how she identified with her clients. It molded her personality. How could a single meeting change her mind? What could Bernie have said or done to persuade her? 
I mean, look, think about, you know, yourself and what you believe about this story, right? Or like, what would it take to convince you of a different narrative? And I think when you think about it that way, you realize that, you know, getting entrenched in a system of beliefs is actually shockingly easy. Like, that's what we do as human beings. Stephen Sloman is a professor of cognitive, linguistic, and psychological sciences at Brown University. He studies how people think. How do you actually change minds? The traditional way to think about it is that if you just see enough evidence, then finally you'll change your mind. I think it's very clear that's false. In fact, in the literature, there are people who propose what are called backfire effects. You take people who feel strongly about an issue and you show them evidence that's inconsistent with their view. And in some conditions, people come to feel even more strongly the way they felt before, despite the evidence. If you bombard someone with information that challenges their beliefs, they're likely to double down on their original stance. But listen to them, really listen, and the opposite might happen. Research shows that people who are genuinely listened to feel safer in the conversation and experience less anxiety. As a result, they're less defensive and better at seeing both sides of an argument. And they walk away from the conversation with a more nuanced perspective. But if we're talking about how to approach an individual to change their mind, well, the first thing you do is you acknowledge where that person's coming from, right? You don't have to agree with it, but you have to give the person the sense that you understand them and you understand their values, right? If you can acknowledge their most sacred values first, that's a really good entryway. Then the person feels respected and feels like they're talking to someone who understands them. So that's step one. Hearing this, it sounded almost exactly like what Bernie did. Kim told me how he acknowledged that PG County police had mistreated Sandy and how wrong it was. He didn't try to minimize it or shrug it off as every other police officer had in the years Kim had been asking questions. Step two is not to enforce your own view on the person. What you have to do is sort of elicit, you have to be kind of platonic about it. That is, you have to elicit that person's perspective and then start asking them questions so that they can see themselves where the inconsistencies are in their story. And then if you can fill them in, you might very slowly, gradually be able to sort of turn the corner and allow them to integrate the information with a different narrative, a new narrative. I thought of Sandy's gunshot wound. Kim had walked into the meeting believing one thing about its trajectory and was shown gently that she was mistaken. I wondered if that moment opened the door to her being able to see other possibilities. Narratives, you know, have, have teeth that sink into all aspects of our lives, especially when they concern really important things like the death of a child. You have all of this knowledge that's kind of sitting together in this tight little story. 
and and you have to loosen up the whole thing and then when it falls apart it falls apart as a whole and reshapes as a whole what kim experienced in that meeting with bernie may best be described as an epiphany and i don't think it was the individual revelation of gunpowder on the steering wheel that triggered this change I think it has a lot more to do with how she was treated during the meeting and what Bernie was able to offer her. Recognition. Acknowledgement. A sympathetic ear. I was heard. And I was disarmed with his empathy and his um, compassion. I just, I mean, I, I, I just was blown away. And then, I don't know for whatever reason, maybe it was his demeanor and the way he was presenting it, opposed to how it was presented in the past. Kim's previous experience with Prince George's County Police was dotted with contentious interactions, instances where she was brushed off or treated as a nuisance. All the things she'd found suspicious, Sandy's address books, the ride-alongs, her close connections to local police officers, were dismissed as insignificant, and Kim was made to feel as if she was losing it, seeing things that weren't there. For the first time, a PG County police officer acknowledged that she was justified in her suspicions. Sandy's involvement with police was relevant. It did matter. And Bernie went so far as to say that it may have contributed to Sandy's decision to take her own life. I so I was focused on these eyes, and his eyes were just kind. And he cared, and it was like he could see the pain, and he could even, I mean, he he felt the pain. He wasn't in tears, but he just had those eyes, and they were so compassionate that it was, there was a connection of, you really got to get, it was like, you really have to believe me. It was like he was almost begging me, you know, almost get yourself out of this misery that you're in, because it's just the truth. When Kim texted me, quote, I think she committed suicide, it was a bold statement. And in our following conversation, she sounded confident that she now knew the truth. But letting go of a core belief after all those years, it's not a linear process. There were days, minutes, hours where her suspicions resurfaced and her doubts rushed back in, only to later subside, like a pendulum swinging back and forth. She texted me about the experience. Quote, I find myself shifting often from knowing she was killed and grieving how much she was really hurting. Kim was undergoing the painstaking process of rebuilding her understanding of Sandy's death after her tightly wound belief had started to unravel. I'm still struggling with the transition of changing the words from killed to took her life or whatever. That's different because it does. I still have that resistance in my head to it. I don't want to believe that that's the truth. But I do know that what she was facing was really horrible. How do you feel about like, letting some of that stuff go? I feel like I let her down, that I feel like a fool, that I still have questions. Um, I feel like I wasted your time. And I feel like I wasted the Beals time because it just felt like a, why did you make this into something that it wasn't? I don't know. That's what I've been struggling with. 
After Kim flew home to Texas, she knew she had to tell the rest of the Beals what she now believed about Sandy's death. But she didn't want to do it over the phone. She couldn't bear the thought of having four individual conversations where she tried to put into words what had happened during her meeting with Bernie. And so she packed her bags once again and booked a flight to Maine. Before leaving, she penned an email to Bernie to say thank you. He wrote back right away. Here's Kim reading some of his email. And as I said before, I'm very sorry about what happened to Sandy. She was put through far too much by people who should have known better and whom she trusted and looked up to. It is shameful and has caused a young lady with a promising future to die at a very young age. I hope that answered your question satisfactory and please don't hesitate to let me know if you have any other questions. Have a safe trip. What happened on that trip is on our next and final episode. We've come a long way with this. Mm-hmm. We've, you have dug and dug and dug and dug. So, in my mind, I think we've come to the end of the road. Win or lose the draw. What Happened to Sandy Beal is hosted by me, Melissa Jeltson. It's written and produced by me and Katrina Norvell. The podcast is edited by Abu Safar. Sound design by Aaron Kaufman. Jason English is our executive producer. Research and production assistance by Marissa Brown. To find out more about my investigation, follow me on Twitter at Quasimado. That's Q-U-A-S-I-M-A-D-O. Thanks so much for listening. A brand new historical true crime podcast. When you lay suffering a sudden, brutal death. Starring Allison Williams. I hope you'll think of me. Erased. The murder of Elma Sands. She was a sweet, happy, virtuous girl. Until she met that man right there. Written and created by me, Allison Flock. Is it possible, sir? We're standing by for your answer. Erased, the murder of Elma Sands. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. When Tracy Raquel Burns was two years old, her baby brother died. I was told that Matthew died in an accident. Her parents told police she had killed him. I'm Nancy Glass. Join me for Burden of Guilt, the new podcast that tells the true and incredible story of a toddler who was framed for murder. Listen to Burden of Guilt on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The system's broken. I said, something's wrong here, you know, whenever a woman's allowed to kill my two kids. Unrestorable is a new true crime podcast that investigates the case of Catherine Hoggle, a mother accused of murder. Despite signs that Catherine Hoggle took her tiny children one by one into the night, never to come home again, she has yet to stand trial. Listen to Unrestorable on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear the show completely ad-free, subscribe to the iHeart True Crime Plus channel, available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you'll get ad-free access to dozens of hit true crime shows, like Paper Ghosts, Betrayal, and The Idaho Massacre. 
Hey guys, Britt and Laurie here from Life Uncut Podcast. We are the number one dating and relationships podcast in Australia because we do things different down under. We cover everything from dating, sex, relationships and pop culture. We chat with a lot of experts about things like love, cheating, narcissists because we both dated one, long distance, fertility, communication and breakups. And we talk to some people you might be familiar with like Rebel Wilson, Matthew Hussey, Stephen Bartlett, Joanne McNally and Mark Manson. You can join us while we unpack it all by searching for Life Uncut now, wherever you get your podcasts. Fall is coming, and the nights are getting longer, and a strange Hollywood couple have moved into the Winchester Mystery House. If you are brave enough, you're invited to the unhinged housewarming from September 22nd to October 31st. Experience the terrifying line between reality and imagination as darkness falls, and those that haunt the Winchester Mystery House join the party. Get your general admission and RIP tickets at winchestermysteryhouse.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.